0: Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. As some of the events of the past couple of years in American politics have made painfully clear, public faith and confidence in our democratic institutions have been damaged by the spread of conspiracy theories, partisan gerrymandering to rig electoral districts, efforts to suppress participation in elections, and even political violence. If ever there was a time to preserve, protect, and reinvigorate the institutions of our democracy, this is it. Fortunately, some smart and determined advocates here in North Carolina have embraced this task, and their efforts have recently given rise to the introduction of a package of common-sense bills at the General Assembly that would strengthen and safeguard our elections, help more people vote safely and securely, and reduce some of the overt partisanship that has infected our politics. And recently, I caught up with one of the advocates leading this effort, North Carolina Voters for Clean Elections executive director Melissa Price Crom. Well, Melissa Price Crom, welcome back to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a busy time to be in the uh, business that you're in, which is trying to uh, protect democracy in North Carolina. There's a lot of big controversies out there. Talk to us about sort of the state of things and the, maybe your hopes, fears, concerns about where things stand right now in in the North Carolina elections and voting and the processes that we employ to to, to see them through?
1: Well, Rob, we're currently in um, the long session at the North Carolina General Assembly. So we're seeing a flurry of bills. We're also working on a budget that includes funding to the State Board of Elections. So um, thus far, we have seen bills that um, curtail uh, mail-in ballots, uh, mail-in voting, curtail early voting, which is one of the most popular programs that we have. Everyone loves the opportunity and flexibility of early voting. And we are hoping to have a budget come out that actually fully funds the state board of elections because, um, you know, we saw cuts to state board of elections that were incredibly um, challenging. And Rob, to be honest, you can't have election integrity unless you fully fund our elections.
0: And that's generally not been what we've been doing in recent years, right? Past budgets that have been adopted in North Carolina have sort of left local election boards sort of scrambling for cash, looking for grants, anything to sort Mm -hmm. of fund their staff, fund just the basics of running a democracy, right? Yeah. It's an amazing situation. But so the hope is that we'll have a better situation in 2023. And maybe uh, we'll see how how far we get with that hope. But you all haven't given it up. You're advancing a slate of progressive legislation that you at least outlines the direction that you think North Carolina could go to upgrade its democracy. Talk to us about some of these bills. One of them I wrote a commentary about is the Freedom to Vote Act. Talk to us about some of the Just basic provisions that are in that legislation and what it would do to help our electoral system in North Carolina.
1: Absolutely. The Freedom to Vote Act does what I just says, um, fully fund the State Board of Elections. It protects poll workers and voters from intimidation, the challenges especially that we saw in 2020. It implements full online uh, voter registration. And this is especially important because um, last year we saw a shortage of voter registration forms. We had a series of pieces of litigation that happened over the summer and with funding cuts and just, you know, ballot supply issues, I mean, paper supply issues, there was a massive scramble just to get voter registration forms out into the ecosystem um, last Hmm. election cycle. So what we're advocating for is a common sense reform to allow for um, full online voter registration. Currently, you can only use an online voter registration if you have an account with the Department of Motor Vehicles, like if you have Mm. a driver's license, because the current statutes say that you have to have a wedding signature on file. And Mm. uh, we are pulling a wedding signature from DMV to help you register and vote and do that um, in a safe and secure manner. What we're advocating for is to create a system, a safe and secure system, like many other states, including Texas and Kentucky, to have full online voter registration and bring voter registration into the 21st century. We're also looking at improving voter access by extending on weekend hours. Many of us know we're incredibly busy during the weekdays. I'm a mom. I'm running around with kids Saturday morning and soccer practices, and being able to extend that 3 o'clock deadline to 5 o'clock is incredibly important. We're also looking at ways to prevent wrongful voter purges by making some key list maintenance changes to ensure that there aren't people wrongfully purged from the list. And we're going to create a study commission to ensure that we have full redistricting reform by 2030.
0: And that's this whole idea of moving us at last, at long last, towards a nonpartisan redistricting process, right? We, we know that gerrymandering remains a scourge of our democracy in many respects, and that You're just once again going to get serious about looking at a nonpartisan way to draw electoral maps, right? Yes. Uh, We're talking with Melissa price Crom, who's the executive director of North Carolina Voters for Clean Elections. Melissa, that's not the only sort of forward-looking positive legislation that Friends of Democracy have introduced this session in the General Assembly. There's some other bills that you all are touting as well. I believe one of them is entitled the Fix Our Democracy Act.
1: Yes. Um, the Fix Our Democracy Act is clearly modeled off of the For the People Act that passed uh, the U.S. House a couple years ago. It includes pieces like a nonpartisan redistricting reform via constitutional amendment, a return to to uh, non-partisan judicial elections for judges at the trial court, Court of Appeals and Supreme Court, because Rob, our judges um, don't wear blue robes or red robes, they wear black robes because they're there to uphold the rule of law and we should be looking at ways to get partisan politics out of our courts. It does things like uh, extend the revolving door to extend the ban from six months to two years for former legislators and public servants to serve as lobbyists. Um, Online voter registration, which I just talked about. It also includes a measure for automatic voter registration um, to update your information automatically when you engage with a government agency. It creates open meetings and audio streaming things that just kind of make the legislature more open and accountable to the public. We have some mail ballot changes, which I think are incredibly important. You know, move mal- uh, mail ballot signatures from two down to one. Another one that's really interesting came from students of ours. It was it's about mandating polling sites on college campuses with 4,500 students or more. This bubbled up because they were like, okay, if a precinct has to have 2,000 people, and some of these college campuses have you know 10, 15, 20,000 students, they should have a place to go vote, and it shouldn't be a challenge. For them to go vote. Also preventing wrongful voter purges. We have some uh, really good pieces of kind of money and politics pieces in here, like um, identifying the true uh, source of uh, dark money spending, transparency for uh, digital campaign ads. The current statutes allow for like print and newspaper, but we haven't like brought it into the 21st century with social media. Protection against foreign influence, you know, require a disclaimer on any ads that are run by foreign nationals, limitations to super PAC's um, influence um, by requiring um, the reporting of large contributions and kind of like the waning days of an election, Mm -hmm. and reestablishing the uh, judicial public financing for Court of Appeals and Supreme Court. Again, looking at ways to get money and politics and partisan politics out of our courts.
0: Yeah, that's been one that's been so striking over the last couple of decades. There was a time in North Carolina in which we had moved basically to nonpartisan judicial elections. We were financing campaigns with public funds to keep the big, dark money out of the races. And it's just been a backslide over the last couple of decades. It sounds like this Fix Our Democracy Act tries to get us back in a, going in the right direction. So I know there's some overlap in these different bills, but there's another one you wanted to highlight, and that's the Safeguard Fair Elections uh, proposal.
1: Yes, the Safeguard Fair Elections Act really came out of what we saw as election subversion efforts in 2020 that led up to the events of January 6th. So uh, we are looking at ways in which we can ensure that um, there are protections for poll workers and voters. You know, we've seen a severe uh, rising kind of cases of voter intimidation, Mm -hmm. interference, um, election worker intimidation, causing many election uh, workers to resign. We saw about 50% of our county boards of directors um, leave in the past couple of years because of these issues. We also are looking at ways, you've probably heard about the issue in Surrey County where we had someone refuse to certify an election, a duly done election. So we're looking at disqualifying any public official who refuses to certify an election. We're looking at prohibiting third-party audits. This very much came from cyber ninjas in Arizona. We're looking at ways to prevent the impediment and interference with the election process by election observers. We're looking at ways in which I think we can get some bipartisan support on this. It's like, you know, ways in which you can protect election workers' personal identifiable information from public records, because we're seeing that they are getting harassed. We're also looking at ways in which we can prevent a contested election scenario, because the way the statutes currently work. If there was a contested election in a Council of State races, um, it could get thrown to the legislature without anyone deciding any findings of facts or things of that nature. That was clearly what um, former Governor McCroy was trying to do in 2016. And lastly, we're looking at adding security training funds and a new threat management funds for boards of elections.
0: Every single item you've listed sounds very important and necessary. I assume... You know, the legislative process can be complicated, not necessarily that they're going to leap right to it and pass every bill imaginable, but you'll be over there at the General Assembly looking for ways perhaps to get parts of these bills into other election bills as they move forward. It's a negotiation process over there at the General Assembly, but North Carolina Voters for Clean Elections will be doing whatever it can to get this, at least as many parts of this agenda as possible, given serious consideration in 2023. Is that a fair assessment of your plans for the coming months?
1: That is absolutely the plan, Rob.
0: (laughs) we're coming to the end of our time with Melissa Price Crom who's the executive director of North Carolina voters for clean elections I guess the last thing I'd ask you about Melissa we've had a, a bit of a controversy lately and I think maybe the legislation that you have championed here sort of shines helps shine a light on that it's the controversy surrounding our Supreme Court and the fact that they have undertaken rehearing some 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 decisions that were just handed down a couple of months ago I guess would you say that the, the sort of partisanship that's been evidenced by the Supreme Court in these recent acts, rehearing cases decided just a couple of months ago, based really just upon the partisan change in the court's makeup, that's an impetus for this kind of legislation? It's it's serving to lift up this concern we have about sort of the state of our judiciary and, and whether it's really... a acting as a uh, provider of blind justice.
1: Absolutely. That's why we are working to advocate to go back to nonpartisan judicial elections. North Carolina became one of the first states in over 100 years to actually go backwards on what we consider a key uh, reform, keeping politics out of the judiciary by having them run in nonpartisan elections. Also looking at ways in which we're getting the partisan politics and the money, the corrosive influence of big money in politics out of the judiciary by allowing for judicial public financing, which we had in the state for about a decade. We had about 80% of the candidates used it. It was widely popular. But also, I think we need to go further. You know, we need to look at recusal reform. We currently do not have recusal reform in the state of North Carolina. A judge can just decide whether or not they have a conflict and whether or not they should recuse themselves. Even go even further, we could look at some disclosure reforms, you know, ensuring that if you're coming in front of the judiciary, you know, you should be disclosing your interest in that like we do in the federal courts. How can folks participate, Melissa? Can they help the coalition with this work? Absolutely. Um, A lot of these ideas came from the public. um, And that's why we published um, the Blueprint for a Stronger Democracy report, which you can find on our website, ncforthepeople.com. And you can contact us and let us know your ideas for democracy. That's the movement that we are building. Many of these ideas, like I told you about the um, idea that came from our students about college camp, polling sites on college campuses. You know, if you have a great idea, feel free to let us know. You know We can look at ways in which we can work it into proactive legislation. None of this is going to be done overnight. I got started in this work over um, 15 years ago, passing same-day voter registration. And I thought, wow, I walked in, I passed the bill, only to find out that it had been filed for the last five cycles before. So <laughs> takes time and we want participation from the public. We want you to be engaged. We want you to learn about the issues so that you can advocate to your legislators.
0: Melissa Pricecrom is the executive director of North Carolina Voters for Clean Elections. Again, the website she's suggesting you check out is NC for the people. Is that right? NC, NC 4
1: thepeoplecom for people? the
0: Yes. Check it out. Uh, Melissa, thanks so much. Keep up the good work. We know it's an uphill battle at the General Assembly these days. We really appreciate you toiling over there and we'll uh check in later this spring and hopefully uh, hear about some advances that have been made on these important fronts. Thank you, Rob. Coming up next, what's the best system for North Carolina to use in legalizing medical marijuana? I'll talk to a national expert who has some sage advice. Stay with us.